the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whoa! Ow. Whoops. That's cords. All right. Hey, guys. It's Morgan. Um, I had to come on and podcast. I know it's been a while. I'm really sorry. Um, I just a lot of transitions, a lot of things. I've been taking on new additional things to do. I love projects. I love being busy, but oh my gosh, it means that my little passion projects like this podcast, some sanity have to not get put on the back burner. I would never put it on the back burner, but it's just got to get pushed aside for a second. And now I'm wrangling it back in. Um, like the cowgirl that I am kidding like the future homesteader that I am. (laughs) And uh, we're going to talk because I was inspired. I hope everybody's had a nice couple weeks. I haven't been on in a while. Um, I, so I really love using Instagram. I think Twitter's a cesspool. I hate social media in general. I don't recommend using social media at all or going on it other than to maybe get a quick glimpse of what's going on and get the heck off. And so I don't go on it. I just literally use it to promote these certain messages that I want to get out there because I see it as a means of communication, an avenue to influence the masses about freedom and independence and all the good things about that. Uh, And so I use it for business and nonprofit educational purposes. But other than that, social media is so bad. And that specifically means I never look at or pay attention to the negative things that are said because there's a lot of them. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I just couldn't help but be more deeply impacted by a recent comment that I got. Now, I get a lot of DMs, a lot of guillotine, death threat, head chop threat things, and people saying, I know what town you live in, and all the creepy stuff like that. Don't worry, I'm packing. Um, But this one really hurt. I don't know. It's because... If you look at my page, like, for example, my Instagram page, I have the highlight section. And I've even made my highlight section active things that people can do. And so they're called learn, be a rebel, read, build, buy property. And I try and put little pieces of my life as a young 24-year-old conservative lady um, that is currently lone wolfing it, hopefully not forever. Um, But what I'm doing to better myself, better the people around me, better my community, better my country. And uh, so learn. It's about my podcast and all these different educational avenues. Be a rebel is about how to be a, a rebel today in 2021. So focusing on family and tradition, heritage, babies, home life, all that good stuff, uh, healthiness especially. Uh, The next one's read, so all my recommended books. Build is my flag business. I sell wooden American flags. It's how I paid off my college loans. Uh, And then buy property because I have a house in Texas, and uh, that was really my first major property investment, and I really believe in doing that, and I want more young women to be aware. Now, because I focus on these things, though, does that mean I'm like a boss – babe, the kind you see on social media that says, uh, like, all men suck and we should never have kids and we should just rule the world as women and men don't even need to exist. No, uh, all of my stuff is literally 
about making sure that you believe in the concept of the partnership that is marriage and and family being a legacy of values, a legacy of principles that you are going to pass down for generations and the opportunity that's presented there. I think it's so sad when people act like, oh, live it up now and then don't get married too soon. Don't have kids too soon because you really got to live your life before you settle down and everything ends. Life doesn't end when you get married. It doesn't end when you have kids. And this mentality that we've been pushing on people for so many decades now in America is so toxic because it makes you think that life ends when marriage starts and life ends when you have kids, when in reality, it is such a beautiful opportunity to grow in so many other ways. It's it's just a lost art almost to create a legacy via family. And I know there are a, a lot of people, especially in the conservative movement that are talking about this now, but I just love it. It's a true passion of mine. And is it weird that I talk about these things and I'm single and don't have kids? Maybe to some people, but it's like, it's not that I'm rushing those things. I don't need to have those things immediately, but to value those things and to live with intention and to stand to those at a true core and be shameless in promoting those things instead of like hiding them. I know a lot of young girls out there that are like, oh no, I would never bring up children or marriage on a first date uh, because I don't want to scare the guy away. I don't talk about that stuff online because I don't want guys to think I'm creepy and obsessive. It's like, uh, okay, I'd rather talk about it on the first date than 10 dates in or a few months in when you find out that, oh, the guy doesn't really believe in those concepts or, oh, the guy doesn't want to have kids or, oh, the guy would parent completely different than you. It's just more about the core basic values that these people have in life, the goals that they have, and then seeing if that would align with your goals. I just one one thing that always sticks to me, like with, with one relationship that I had, we we realized we're not on the same paths the moment I said the things that you want in your life, I see myself at 65 being, you know, sad and a non-wife and a childless non-wife at that. And that just really like, it doesn't align with my life at all. And it makes me really sad to think of myself at 40, 50, 65 years old in those circumstances. It's not the vision I had. And his response was, why do you think like that? <laughs> like, why do you keep envisioning yourself as a 20 something year old as a 65 year old? Why do you keep thinking like that? And my answer was exactly, exactly. We just, we don't see this the same at all. I see this as living with intention, living with a vision, a plan to, to build a legacy, not in like wealth or status or, or anything like that, reputation, but a legacy of values. And that's what life is really all about because when you have strong individuals and you take care of yourself as an individual, and then you have the intention of building a strong family unit of people children that grow up to be individuals capable of doing those same things, making their own smart decisions. You have strong individuals, strong families, that leads to strong communities, and that leads to a strong nation. And right now we're breaking down at not only the family unit level, but also the individual level. And it's really just something that we're struggling with. And my friend Mason and I keep talking about this. We have coffee sessions and we talk about this. I bring that womanly aspect to it of the conversation. He brings his guy perspective and what he's hearing in the guy circles. I bring what I'm hearing from my lady friends. And oh my gosh, it is a sad little state. So clearly I like talking about these things, right? Clearly I like enjoy doing it. And if you follow me on Instagram, it's my favorite thing. I, I hate all social media, but Instagram is my avenue that I do prefer to use. So if you actually want to like see or hear my ideas and stuff, they're on Insta. Um, and then I also have Getter. I'm trying to use Getter now because I'm just really digging it. And I do want to have some form of short form content outlet that I can put stuff out on. Uh, but on Instagram, 
I use this hashtag and in a joking way, but also in a serious way. And I talk about this in like every news thing that I do. I want to hashtag normalize to radicalize. And so the left is all about like radicalizing the population into embracing socialism and communism and these crazy leftist ideas. And I'm saying, hey, you know what? Let's use their same dang tactic. I almost said the bad word. Let's use their same dang tactic and radicalize people into re-embracing the concepts of freedom that used to be core principles in our country. And so normalizing those concepts again of self-reliance, independence, family, children, uh, community level, uh, gathering and planning. I just love that kind of stuff. And if we normalize these concepts again, I like, I want to normalize homesteading and not in intense homesteading. I know everybody can't do it, but normalize the concepts of being able to provide more things for yourself than you would expect and detaching from our government system and our corporate infrastructure. That's a really big, important idea. So if we normalize these things more, even if it's I do stuff like posts when I'm concealed carrying different outfits that I'm wearing so that it normalizes that concept for women. If we normalize, we can radicalize people into re-embracing freedom in America. Woo! So I'm all about that. But recently, I got a comment from a, a man with children, you know, a average conservative guy, I would say, on social media. I click and, and he says... The left is winning because you and millions of other beautiful women are childless, wasting all of your time on useless TV shows, promoting high heels, strong, and independent women agendas. You are part of the problem. So my first thought was like, wow, thanks for telling me that I'm childless. I had no idea. <laughs> on on Every morning when I wake up by myself at 4.30 and then go to the gym and make myself coffee and then make myself breakfast and then do my work day and then go to bed and then do the same thing every day, I have no idea that I'm childless and boyfriendless. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's like, yikes. Now, that being said, just because I'm single and don't have children, does that mean that I am like sad and trying to rush that? Absolutely not. I think it's important to be peaceful in your time of singleness. It's totally normal. It's just like, Dude, way to assume that I'm happy being childless and plan on being childless forever. Clearly, you haven't seen the rest of my content. And so that's why I was like, you know what? I got to whip out another podcast episode because this is just insanity. Um, I want to talk to you guys about a few things that first came to mind with this guy who has daughters. And I reached out to him and I was like, hi. Apparently, you haven't seen my stuff because me and all of my conservative friends, we are trying to revive using our media platforms, using our voices. And I have 100,000 followers on Instagram. Am I an influencer? Ew, gosh, no. But I understand that I have a ton, thousands of young girls that follow me and message me all the time. And I'm trying my best to use my platform to normalize and re-excite them about these ideas of family, tradition, uh, detaching from the corporate nine to five assumptions that we have to be like, you know, doing that for our lives as women. There's a bunch of really sad stereotypes out there about like what life should look like for a young woman in 2021. And I, I want to make sure that people understand there's more to life out there and it there's no shame at all in desiring a beautiful home and a beautiful home life and babies and a husband and a family that grows and building that kind of legacy that can be your contribution to the world and if anything no matter what you do it's probably going to be the most important contribution that you give to the world and all of our problems as a society do go down to the breakdown of what's happening at the home and what's happening at an individual soul level so i think it's incredibly important to be talking about 
And so I don't think that there's any shame in that. And I try and talk about this a lot. So this guy tells me that he has daughters. And when he sees my profile, his immediate reaction is to be sad and not want his daughters to see me and think that that should be what they do in their future. That made me go frowny face. For those who are not watching the video version on YouTube, I'm really good at frowning and it, it gave me a huge frowny face because the my favorite compliment to get comes quite often actually from parents that say, I hope that my daughter grows up to be like you, or I hope that my son grows up and finds a woman like you. And that just means like so much. I'm not that cool, you guys, but that really tickles me. It just makes me so happy. And so to hear this guy say, I have multiple daughters, and when I see your profile of you on television and promoting yourself on media and having to like be this boss babe woman, it makes me sad, and I don't want my daughters to be like you, that really dug on top of calling me childless. That that one stung a little bit. So uh, that hurt, and he explained to me that he believes, you know, in this era, because, I, okay, I need to just refresh. So what happened is I replied, and I was like, first of all, there's two avenues here. This is my passion. It's my fulfillment. I, I, I get fulfillment from doing this. It's my life's work to promote these values, and not only that, but to also promote values rooted in freedom and independence. And that means, you know, getting a little involved in politics. Uh, the other aspect of it though, is that what do you, do you not want your women, your, your daughters to work one day? Like just because it would be ideal to have a guy that can provide for the family and then the mom gets to stay home and homeschool and do all these things and be there for the family. Does that mean that it's possible in every situation these days? We're in 2021 and women just like men go to high school and then we're expected to find a career path for the most part and provide for ourselves until we get married because people are getting married at later and later ages and people are having children at later and later ages. And so I'm sorry, obviously I wish we weren't in situations like this and it would be ideal to not have to do this. In my heart of hearts, I believe that. But at the end of the day, it's like, what do you not do, do you not want them to be able to pay their own bills? Do you not want them to be able, be able to like pay for their home? I have bills to pay. I have to do work. And I just specifically love this field of work. And so I do it. And that got me, you know, thinking more and more. And so then I'm like spinning at this point. Because if we're talking about building strong women and strong feminine women that can be there for their family, what I think is like if you raise your daughter to have no skills and no ability to take care of her herself, maybe she is lucky enough to have a husband that can take care of her and the family and then she stays home for the kids. What happens if the husband passes away? And then something happens with the life insurance or who knows what. But somebody's got to be there to provide for those kids. And that strong woman that has a skill set and can go to work if needed or can sell goods, can be a full-on Proverbs 31 woman to be there for the kids if the husband isn't there or if anything bad happens because you never know in life, it's important to make sure our women, our girls are independent and can be independent if absolutely must be and are strong and capable of providing for themselves and for their kids. I think that's a very family-oriented thing to be focusing on, not saying that the woman should be fully dependent on the men because what if something happens? You really never know. So that really frustrated me. That being said, though, going back to like how I got into this whole passion of what the heck is going on with the American family. When I was uh, 
starting, what was I doing? I was in Boston and I had a job working at an advertising agency and, oh God, it was miserable. I, I just like, you are slaving away on an Excel sheet, staring at this really bright computer screen. I had like three monitors and I was just like constantly from 9am when you get there, I would get to work early just to get more work done because it was just never ending. You get there in the morning, you're leaving at like 6.30, o'clock at night. The sun's gone down. I walk back to my tiny little expensive apartment a half an hour away. And it was just this repeated cycle. So at the time I was like 22, I think 23, 22. Wow. Time flies. Maybe I was like 21, Ooh. 21, 22. And I'm in Boston working as an assistant media buyer. So I'm getting like 40 grand a year living in Boston. It's like one grand for rent. It was just a mess. I'm doing this and all of my bosses, all of the higher up women, I'm able to see them and the lifestyles that they had. And honestly, they were all just very frustrated because they were either trying to get pregnant or were pregnant and were specifically trying to plan out what that would look like for them. How long the pregnant women were staying as long as possible, as many days right up until giving birth, just to be able to have a few extra days with the baby for maternity leave after they gave birth. And then they were going to have to leave the baby with a family member or at a daycare when it was still so young and then come back to work and work for this nine to five corporation. That alone like freaked me out. I was like, ew, we are counting down the days of before giving birth so that we can get a few extra days with our infant? That seems a little scary. And then I also saw the women that were, they had kids, and they would rush to get their kids to school in the morning or to daycare, pay as much for daycare as they were making at the office, basically, or close to the same amount, so they're not making much. And then they're rushing to get to the office. They're stuck in traffic. They haven't eaten. They feel unhealthy in this schedule. They're exhausted and they're cranky. They go to work and they miss their kids all day. And then they rush at the end of the day to try and go pick their kids up from work or they're trying to coordinate it with their husband or the babysitter or who knows what. They pick them up. They make their kids the meal at the end of the night and then they crash into bed and then they wake up the next morning and they do the same thing, just shoveling their kids off to daycare or a nanny or a babysitter or school public school where they can't keep an eye on their children. And I was able to see this as like a 21, 22 year old. And I was like, oh, this can't, this can't be it. This can't be it for me. There's got to be another way. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh. And so from that point on, I was like, this is not my life. That cannot be my future. I just cannot visualize myself in that. And I've had a few moments in my life where I've been like sitting and I'm seeing the circumstances around me and I'm like, this is not for me. There this is not it. And I just know it's not right. I know it's not going to continue. And those are scary moments because you feel kind of comforted in those moments of like, well, this is the normal and and I don't want to see what happens next if I change anything up, but you got to do the change. You'll grow from it. So that happened. And from then on, a little seed was planted into my head as I saw these working boss babe women in the cities. And I said, I got to get out of here. And so I immediately started making plans and what that would look like. And I saw this avenue of like, okay, first of all, I don't feel fulfilled in the work that I'm doing. I'm advertising for like grass seed companies, trying to schedule commercials for them at this advertising job, grass seed commercials, reality TV. It was just so unfulfilling to work so hard, so many hours for it. I knew that I wanted fulfillment in my life. And at the same time as all of this frustration was happening in my personal life, 
AOC was rising to power, getting elected, and and the squad is on the rise, and you're seeing all these numbers about the rise of the support for socialism in my generation, and I was like, this, I need to be involved in this. I'm such a history nerd. I need to find a way to, to cause positive change in this area, and so that's how I started Young Americans Against Socialism because I just wanted to do some coordinated media campaigns the same way that I was doing media campaigns in my advertising job for Grassseed. I was like, we could interview survivors of socialism, make marketing campaigns around them and then try and micro target them to young people online. And so that's how that had started. And as soon as I was able to kind of get away from that, I I gave my two weeks at the job. I started transitioning into the nonprofit political world and stuff like that. That's when I realized like, okay, if I grind between now where I'm 22 and maybe for the next five years or so, I could really set myself on a career path that isn't a career path where I am required to be anywhere. Only where Mama Bear wants to go is where Morgan wants to go. And so I started seeing that. And that's why I do things like the media that I do now because it provides me the freedom where I have fulfillment. I am. I feel like I'm making positive change in everything that I do and every day. And that's so important in the work that you do no matter what, if you're a guy or a girl. So I have my fulfillment. I also have my freedom. And I specifically, I've always wanted this freedom for these years since then because I want to be able to determine my family life in the future. And I saw if I grind now before I have family, before I have that husband, before I have all that stuff, I'm going to be putting myself in a great place where I can decide my schedule and my family's schedule not around what some corporation boss is telling me to do and me begging them for a few extra days of maternity leave so I can spend time with my infant. Instead, I'm going to be able to do the work that I love from my home, maybe have a home office, get some work done, have some staffers, who knows what, some helpers, some assistants, and then I'll get my media work done, get my political work done, and then I will be there for my family most importantly. So I'm still actively working on all of that. I love it so much. And now that I'm it, you know, doing all the political stuff, I'm like, wait, business. And so I've got all these little business plans and property plans and stuff. And moving from that media contracting kind of stuff, just for all the young women out there, that's a really great avenue. But another more important thing is passive income from real estate investments. And so now I'm getting into that stuff. Uh, and not only that, but just business itself. And so if any girls out there want to talk about that, I'm happy to. I just see doing all of these things, and I'm so thankful for our capitalist economy because it provides us the freedom to be able to make these choices, and it gives us the freedom to be the moms that we really want to be and the leaders in our family with the man together. But, okay, so now that being said, I'm so thankful for us being in a country where we have economic independence and we have such an advanced technological economy that women can do things like be fully present in the family and being there for our kids as they're being raised instead of shoveling them off to public school. I can't wait to homeschool my kids one day. We're able to do all these things. And and there's like a really weird book out there. I, I don't like to talk about it too much, but there's a book out there called Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism. And the argument, it's not like a sexual book, but it makes the case that under capitalism, women have to rely on men and marry men for money when under socialism, because it's this, you know, government safety net for everything and everything's provided by the government, women are free to marry men and be with men for pleasure and for love, not just for money like we would be under capitalism. And so first of all, it makes that assumption that women have to rely on someone to survive, which is wrong. In this system in America, women can technically survive on our own. We can provide for ourselves and and we can pay our own bills and we can be in the economy if we want to. 
It's about choice. And that's where I want to get into this. When I was in high school, I read a book called The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan. And The Feminine Mystique is very much now a book of the left. Betty Friedan is a, you know, she's a big figure for the feminazi movement, for the feminist movement, the third wave feminism that we see today, the women's march, all that stuff. And so when I say that I used to read that book, people get a little freaked out. But I think it's important that I read that book and that other conservative women and conservative men read that book. Because the book is about how the women, the housewives of the 20th century, before all these, you know, the sexual revolution and stuff, they were in the home and they were not allowed to do anything else. They were not respected for their opinions. They were not respected as individual people with souls and passions and, and feelings and interests and hobbies. Some of the most basic stuff. We were specifically there to cook meals for the husband and to have children and to keep the home. And that drove those women crazy. And so the book is talking about how the women... Yes, they were so thankful for their kids. Yes, they were so thankful for the husband and for for being able to make the home and stuff like that. But that was all they had. And they felt this need to also be able to have passions and fulfillment and hobbies and all of these things in their life. And that's not so crazy to ask for, okay? No wonder anybody's going to go crazy. Any human that can't do basic things like that and have side passions in life, obviously that's going to drive them crazy. And so that's where we get a little weird. Because they were so locked down, we had this huge sexual revolution. We had this rejection of traditional values in America, of family, of the babies. You have the rise of birth control, all this stuff. And I could get into that later. Maybe I'll talk with Alex Clark about that one. But... We had this massive rejection of it because the traditional values, the family expectations, the expectations for women were so extreme that they revolted against them. Well, now we're in this situation where it's like, yay, we have all of our freedom. Now we not only have to take care of the kids and the babies and the family, but we also now have to do our own full-time job at the same time. Where's the balance there? So now women are also being driven crazy because we are expected to do both jobs. There's got to be a healthy balance, and there is a healthy balance now if we just started talking about it more. The fact that you should not be shaming a woman for wanting to not do her own corporation 9-to-5 job, not wanting to join that structure and be a boss babe. It's okay to want to be the leader of the home life. It's also okay for women to have a career. It's not something to shame them about. It's a passion and people deserve to be able to work and provide for themselves if they want to. And women, moms, deserve to be able to do that too. That's where this comment from this guy really bothers me because what does he know about me? I should be able to do these certain things in my life without somebody putting their opinion on. When we talk the way he spoke to me, that causes people to push back against the values of the family and the values of babies because again it's like what are you thinking telling me what to do it's this it's this weird thing it's like even me even i'm getting spoken to like that being told to like shut up get off tv even though on television i'm encouraging women to embrace family and children and home life what So when we forget the fact that this all sprouted, all this revolutionary vibes of feminism sprouted from women not feeling fulfilled and not being able to do really basic things in the home, it sprouted from that. So let's keep that in mind with how we communicate now that women deserve, you deserve to go to work. If you want to do it, go ahead. If your husband wants you to be able to do it, go ahead. It's about choice. We have the freedom to do so. Capitalism provides us the opportunity to go and be equal members of the workforce if we want to, but we don't have to be. And so that extreme 
take that I, even I shouldn't be on TV talking about my values and stuff and I should be at home and it's bad that I'm childless and promoting this lifestyle to women. Ugh, that's extreme. But what's also extreme is now you have these leaders of the leftist movement, the leaders of the feminist movement today of with the Women's March. They are shoving birth control down our throats. They're telling us never to have kids because eh, they're annoying and they're bad. And they're telling us that we can survive without men and we don't ever need to get married. We don't ever need love in our lives. We're fine being the independent boss babes and we're fine with hookup culture and so that's the other dangerous extremism there's two extreme points and we've got to come to a happy medium and i think it's the average conservatives the average americans that want to instill community individual family unit values back into society because that's going to rebuild america from its core so it really just upsets me Usually my focus is definitely talking about the pop culture stuff. I mean, the fact that they push hookup culture onto us, the fact that they tell girls that you're going to feel good. I, I saw something recently and it was like how to self-care after a hookup. And it was like, take a warm shower after rub, you know, give yourself your skin, some vanilla sugar scrub when you're in that shower and make yourself feel really nice. It's like, okay, if you look at the science of what happens when you have sex, I can't believe I'm talking about this publicly. If you look at the science of what happens when a woman gets physical with a guy, certain chemicals get released and they make you feel really, really sad when that hookup no longer wants to talk to you. And so you can continue, these women's magazines can continue to tell women that you're going to feel good after a hookup if you just put some vanilla sugar scrub on your skin and a warm bath afterwards and, you know, self-care and heal yourself, blah, blah, blah. In reality, it doesn't beat the science that it's just going to make you depressed and sad and probably a lot more likely to drink again the next weekend and hook up with another guy. It's an endless cycle of misery and we have to stop letting pop culture and these weird pop culture magazines specifically and all this music tell women that it's empowering to embrace these dangerous ideas. I mean, go ahead if you want to, but I'm just telling you, you guys, you're going to feel a lot better about yourself. Your body's going to feel a lot better. Your soul and your mind are going to feel a lot better when you just reject what these liberals and leftists are telling you to do these these days with your body and with your heart. Gosh darn it. So that being said, I'm a little frustrated. Can you tell? <laughs> so I think a really good lesson for like the ideal strong woman is someone that can provide for herself and take care of herself, but is so interested and dedicated to her family and to her partner in the long run and understands what that means. Love and family is a sacrifice and people need to stop being so selfish. A good example of that is Clementine Churchill. I love Clementine Churchill. She was Winston Churchill's wife. And so they have an amazing story. There's a ton of books out about her. I love all the audiobooks. They're all on Audible. I've listened to pretty much all of them. I suggest you start looking into her. But it was the epitome of like a domestic woman that also is very intelligent and can provide counsel to her man. And then also when he's out in war, when he's out serving, when he's out leading, she is also leading. And so one of my favorite examples of this, uh, she was very smart and she was like uh, basically like a private advisor to Winston and helped him with his writing, with his speeches, with his letters. They have books that are published of just their letters back and forth. It's really, really cool. So Clementine, when Winston's out there in World War II, she decides to start leading the domestic issues. And so part of that were the bomb shelters that were in London as they are getting bombed by the Germans. And she took lead on that. And she was trying to tell Winston, no, the women and the children right now are struggling seriously and someone needs to lead it. And so she ended up 
like being the leader of the entire program and walking through the neighborhoods that were getting bombed, being there on the ground as her husband was out there leading the country on an international level. And so that's the really cool stuff where like, I'm sorry, wouldn't you want your daughter and your partner in life, your future partner in life? Hey, I don't know if you guys can hear the, the alarm. I don't know. Wouldn't you want your daughter and your partner in life to have those skills, to provide for the people around her and to be able to step up if duty calls. If duty calls, we want not just men, but women to be able to stand up and be there for their family, their kids, their community. Okay, so talking about Clemmy, all of, that's her nickname, Clementine Churchill, Clemmy. Um, talking about that and now moving into the concepts, now let's talk about solutions and like what can be done. I mean, the divorce rate is like like more than half the people in America that get married now get divorced. There's a ton of problems out there about it. I was talking to Mason today about like, okay, the girl perspective on what's going wrong, the guy perspective on what's going wrong. There's a lot. And I'm, I feel like we could break it down in some more episodes, but I think one of the first things we can do, both women that want to inspire women to embrace certain values and certain perspectives on everything. And then men who want to fix the problems of, of boys being boys until they're in their like thirties and not exactly understanding the importance of being an alpha male in the true sense, not like, you know, guns and shooty things and tattoos and all the artificial masculine things that you would assume about a man, but truly like what it means to be a man on the inside. I think, you know, we've come to the conclusion that it's you show by doing. Here's the pickle. I do not believe in promoting your family online. I'm very hesitant to put relationships online. I did it recently. Backfired. <laughs> uh, but that's just my personal thing. I don't like... I just never wanted to be someone that had to be like, yeah, we broke up, never mind. And that happened recently, but it's fine. Uh, the, the frustration of it, though, is like when you're public and you want to use your platform to promote something like family and love and relationships, how do you do that without you know putting your family and love and relationships online? And I think that's actually really possible. It's important for us to just talk about it, not just online. I mean, you don't have to post pictures of your kids, but instead talk about the importance of you as an individual being a partner and being a proud husband and wife, uh, being a proud parent. And I, the people that I talk to lately, they agree with that. Like th that concept of sharing your intimate family life online is a no go. It's a no go. But what you can do, because there's a lot of influencers out there in the conservative movement and stuff that also have spouses that want to stay private. They don't want to post their kids. A lot of people don't know their private lives. And I think maybe one of the first steps that we can do is for people who do live that proud family life and just don't have the internet know about it, perhaps it's important for us to start talking about the concepts of it. And so start talking about what it means to you to be a committed partner, a committed love, a committed parent, all of those really great things, talking about the principle of it and the pride that comes from it. So really, you know, even the good and the bad, but starting to normalize and show by doing, but without all the weird Instagram lifestyle influencer fake pictures, because all of that stuff is so fake, you guys, it's not even funny. I've seen the back end of Instagram. I've seen all the influencers and what goes on behind the curtains. It's all fake. Just trust me on that. Okay. And so the way to avoid like fake family pictures, making it seem like, oh, everything's happy, gory, hunky dory. What are the, what's the word there? 
the way to go about that is instead have more conversations and vocalize the love that you have for your family, for your children, and the importance of certain ways of being there and providing for them and, and committing to them for the long run. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I hope we can start talking about it more because there's just so many, there's so many problems out there regarding this. And I, I know I'm not, I, I feel like normally I'm a more prepared person to talk about this stuff. It's just so intimate. And so I promise that I would try and talk about it for this episode. After I saw that comment, after I get, I get a lot of questions about boss babe culture. I, I reject it wholly. I, I should also say there's a lot of girls out there that embrace boss babe culture as a defense mechanism because they don't exactly want to have to be boss babes. Instead, they maybe were once bitten twice shy or they were hurt by a love or they lost one and really the dating scene these days sucks. And so, and so they're feeling a little hopeless and they're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be a boss, babe. I don't need this. I would say to you guys, be patient, be hopeful. Don't, uh, let it get to you and remain, I don't know, remain graceful in the process and remain hopeful for what could potentially come. Uh, that being said, what about the guys? I really hope that more guys start to vocalize how much they do love being a committed man to their kids and to their love. Uh, we don't see it enough. And I'm not saying, again, I don't think there should be fake Instagram picture things from everybody out there showing their family and matching outfits with a filter on top of it. I think that is so fake. And I promise you guys, most of it is just a lie. So the more we have genuine conversations about it online, but also in person with the young people in our lives, we can begin to normalize these concepts again and, and take that horrible stigma that's being put on marriage and family and babies, especially by the radical left, away. Let's get rid of it. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you later. Remember to uh, give me five stars and review this podcast as the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. If you want to see a very sweaty, tired baggy-eyed Morgan. You can watch me on YouTube, but honestly, I like the podcast version better. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. God bless. Normalize to radicalize. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.